The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me now. Only thing that's on my mind is who's on this town Sports Talk Show, 888-346-9144 is the number to call in on the show. We are live today in studio on this beautiful Monday. Demi Lachey is here in studio. Kurt, Captain Kurt, throw the microphone. Fel Keller is in the building as well. Apparently I'm breaking things, and I, I don't even know how I just did that. The, well, the screw must be loose. He also bought us a little snack today, a um, little beef jerky, a little jerky sandwich in the morning. You know, I did. I made... Uh, Made beef jerky yesterday. You made this day. yourself? Yes. That is homemade. Wow. That is homemade. Yeah, pretty amazing, huh? Yeah, it, it looks amazing. It, it really look, is good. It looked for try a homemade. Some. Try some? I'm going to try a piece. Yeah, absolutely. Just, I'm going to take a quick That's bite while we live here. I sat there um, as I was watching the replay of the uh, British Open. I was uh, dehydrating Ugh. meat and uh, mixing up marinade. Actually, I did that a couple days ago. Had to let it sit for a while. How long did it take you to do this, Kurt? Takes about six hours. Six hours? Six hours. Yeah, you was really watching the open. Yeah, well, I'm, I, marinated, <laughs> I marinated it on Friday. And then, um, then you know, I got to dehydrate it for about six hours. Wow. So, so healthy, very healthy snack for you. Um, yeah, protein. Throw a little, um, I threw a little uh, hot sauce and stuff in there, so there will be a little bit of a bite to it. A little spice, okay. Yeah, a little spice to spice it. Spice make and, everything uh, nice. You absolutely. Know? You got to have a little... A little spicy. It's not bad. Not Ladies ba- and gentlemen. Not bad. Captain Kurt. Not bad. Jerk is it, really good. Not Kurt, bad. You know what? It's awesome. This is the best homemade beef jerky I've ever had. Because you've never had homemade it's the beef only jerky before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, see. We'll but it's see. the best. I'm not bringing it in anymore. Why not? That's fine. I'm see? eating it. Barely. I'm smashing on no, it. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I can't talk with jerky in my mouth. Well, but you did sense. bring up the British Open. That did go down on the weekend also. Uh, Pat Riley finally had a chance to speak out, talking about Dwayne Wade. But we'll go back to the British Open real quick, where it pretty much came down to two. NBA Summer League also just finished up. Um, I see you're honoring in Vegas. You're honoring Dwayne Wade. Yeah, I mean, I have doing to. your that's doing your three. You know, moving, moving, <laughs> moving to bigger and better <laughs> things in life. Um, we'll get to that discussion. But you talk about the British Open, which broke down to two competitors, and Phil always second place. Mickelson. Always, always second place. Always finishes second. That's his middle name. You didn't know that? No, I did not know that. I thought, um, and especially in this tournament, because here was a tournament that was expected to be extremely tough weather-wise. Right. And it just never materialized after, um, after Thursday. It, in fact, yesterday was, again, extremely good playing conditions just like it was on Thursday. Right. And um, I think the British Open, you're always thinking elements play a major portion. 
the wind, the rain, the cold. That's the way mm-hmm. you look at the British Open. Well, we didn't get a British Open. I mean, we, we basically got a... Um, I think we basically got a one-on-one matchup, and no, we we got we got a a, a fries dot com open <laughs> is what we got. Fries. We didn't, you know, it hey, was not even shout out to fries. Well, yeah, 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 fries electronics. There you go. <laughs> um, but no, it, it, to me, I I like the British Open when it's tougher because then these guys look more like me. Mm-hmm. Because then, then Wait, what I feel like that? What, what makes them look like you? Because then they end up hitting some of the most amazingly poor shots, and it makes me feel better. And ultimately, that's what this is about. It's about me feeling better and watching them, and I got to feel better. Yeah, so. I seen a shot that Jordan Spieth. I know everybody has talked about it when he was in a the bunker. They yeah. call it what the stamp? It's a stamp bunker. Potion stamp Potion green, stamp. and the exactly. bunkers there are ridiculous, stupid. Well, one, they're six feet deep. They're six feet deep. You can't even see the. You don't even have. You don't even have thirty feet of width on, on that green, and not even ten yards. So it's a tiny, tiny green. The bunkers are ridiculously deep, and there's no room. There's no. There's no uh, depth to the green where you can actually get in a full swing unless the ball is perfectly in the middle or close to the front. <laughs> Of the lip, right. which just the closer to the front of the lip that you get, the harder the shot is. I mean, that's that's just, you've got to have all sorts of skill. And I think, you know, TV levels everything out and everything looks flat right. on TV. Right. And uh, when the shots that they had to make were, whew. Well, I guess if you're in the British Open, first things first, don't put yourself in a bad situation. If you're yeah. playing great golf, I mean, obviously, uh, gentlemen that won Stinson. Play phenomenal. Well, yeah, but this was such an aberration. This this British Open was such an aberration. I mean, you just don't you just don't see stuff like that going on. I mean, you yeah. see, um, you just don't get this weather. I mean, there was no weather yesterday. <laughs> None. It was it was you know it was seventy five degrees and not a wisp of wind and and it had rained so everything was very soft. Nothing was. Sorry. I mean, like I said, this was a prize.com. It was the <laughs> it was the fall season type of tournament because you just didn't see your typical British Open weather. British Open weather and and conditions. Just nothing. I mean, they didn't even cut the greens on Saturday. Didn't roll them, didn't cut them because they thought there were going to be these 30 mile an hour winds. Right. Winds never got above 15 and in fact in the afternoon Saturday it was very docile once again. There was just, they were like five to 10 mile an hour winds, which, you know, you play in that every day. You think that had a lot to do with witnessing, seeing two great performances from Mickelson and Stenson because of the weather? I mean, you, Mickelson shot a 65, Stenson shot a 63. At the point in Mickelson's career to shoot a 65, to shoot, what, 17 But he's under. been doing that. But he's been doing that. He is, right. he is playing extremely well this year. I mean, this is his. Um, I mean, he was all bummed out because he didn't get his sixty-two on Thursday, mm-hmm. um, which and I understand. Done it for him. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, but you know, to shoot sixty-five in the final round of a major and lose by three, right? I mean, <laughs> that just that's painful. What more can I do? I mean, he was bogey-free. 
Bogey free, six under, in a major, and Stenson goes and shoots a 63 with 10 birdies and two bogeys. So he did his first major yeah. as well. I hear Kwame on the line. I hear a little coughing. I'm pretty sure. Kwame! Yeah, I, I am. I apologize. I apologize I'm not in the studio for one, but it was it's a long story and we don't, get a, we don't have, have an hour. Well, that's cool. More uh, jerky for me. More homemade beef jerky. I brought in homemade jerky that I made this weekend, what? Kwame, and uh, you know I got to be honest with you. I'm just not. Demery's just not giving me a lot of love on it. I gave you and a lot was, of love. There was. <laughs> I gave him a lot of love. There was a lot of heartfelt work that went into this personal work. I had to marinate the meat for two days. I had to get my dehydrator out, get it ready. It takes six hours oh to dehydrate. Goodness. I hear the violins. I bring too. in a bag here of of homemade I hear beef those violins jerky. in the back. And he's going, well, this isn't bad. It's not bad. Uh, you know <laughs> it's what? not it's bad what, at all. You know, when I say something, it might, he might mean this because I do this too. If something's good, like real good in there, I say, this is, this is pretty good. But people say pretty good. Like, what's wrong with it? Yeah. So nothing, I just said it was pretty good. I do that too because pretty good to me means like I would get it again. Well, I, I go back and exactly. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll take pretty good, but this is uh, not bad. It's the same. So thing. on a, on a scale of one to ten, bad being a three, this is not bad. So you're a four or five. Kurt, let me take you to let me take you to Newport News. <laughs> Anything under Twenty Fifth Street. Let me take you to Newport News. When we say it's not bad or it's pretty good, we mean it's great. You mean, dang, I've never tried this, and I would love to have this again. Can I take this home? When you're speaking to fishermen, talk about fish. So, <laughs> you fixed it. You fixed it for real. The uh, beef jerky. Yeah, I brought in. I brought in a bag of homemade you know jerky. Homemade, you say. You know what? I'm gonna fix some beef jerky, homemade. So, as you know, I was you down in Mexico. Uh-oh. Um, oh, okay. A couple weeks ago. It's the truth. And um, so my sister had made, and uh, and uh, my brother-in-law's. Uh, brother's wife made some beef jerky as well, and it was just so good because it's it doesn't have any of the chemicals or anything in it. Um, mm-hmm. So I ordered, I got home, I ordered a dehydrator from Amazon. It came. Oh, I believe that. I I went online, started researching recipes, pulled together a few elements and stuff that I I liked in all of them. Um, marinated the meat in my concoction for two days. And then yesterday, after I had gotten home from playing golf in the morning, I'm watching the uh, replay of the British Open. So I started dehydrating the meat and thought, well, I'll bring some in for the boys in the morning. Let them try out some a healthy, delicious snack that Demery, took that work. That sounds like the truth. That is truth. That is absolutely yeah, I truth. I, I, it sounds like the truth. You say, well, you know what? I'm going to take the boys some in tomorrow. See what they think of it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This is not store-bought in here at all. It has a better, like you said, better cleansing, clean taste to it rather than that store-purchased jerky. Is it dry or hard? Which one is it, dry or hard? or Both. It's how it's supposed to be. Well, I hope it's kind of how it's supposed to be. I it mean, is how this, it's supposed to be. This is not I mean, where you're going to break your teeth trying to break it no, off. No, right, right. It's not, okay, yeah, it's not yeah, too yeah, hard yeah, where, I'm saying. yeah, well, you got to have your dentures yeah. in, but it's... It's really good. It's clean. Like, it's a clean taste, and you put a little spice in it, too, and put a little hot sauce. He did his thing with it. 
I applaud you. Yeah. I, heard. I, did, yeah. I I can't do this. I wouldn't be able to. Not right now. It's all right now. The way you put it down, was, it's, it's good, man. It's all right. I might have tried that. As a non-meat eater, I might have put some work on to that. That sounds good. It sounds hey. like you need a nice good cold beer with that. It It is awesome. And I, yes, yeah. a cold beer would be perfect with Cold this. beer, some eggs, mm. scrambled eggs. I'll mm. take it. Mm-hmm. Eggs. And a bagel. And, no and cream, a bagel. With cream cheese. Wow. So, that's your favorite, Emory. You know it. Hey, everything good uh, on the other events you're dealing with? Yeah, it, it is. It's good. Okay. Not bad. It, it's not a bad thing. It was just a uh, late, uh, late thing. Yeah. It's not bad at all. Good. Everything's good. I appreciate it. Good, good, good. Um, but it's crazy. I, I jumped up. I said, okay. Usually I get up. I got an hour and a half. All right. Quick shot. I'm going to go. I'm like, what? It's 906. Nice. I looked at three devices, and it was 906 on all three of them. I said, no way. <laughs> that sound no like way. a quick shower. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? You said, take a quick shower, hop in there, I said, shoot, get in the car and call on the air, still get there, do half of the show, what? I said, let me call in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you said, I've had enough of this. There's oh, yeah. just no way I'm calling in. That was so, crazy. I'm like, 9.06? I don't know. I wake up. I don't even set alarm because I wake up early anyway. Yeah. That's, I forgot I was up early. That'll do it. That will absolutely do it. So, well, we were we were getting into a few things. We were talking about the British Open, of course, as you heard. Um, the other things, you know, and I actually talked about this yesterday in the group of guys that we were, I am, I don't want to see another headline that talks about people killing people based on how they feel things are going for them, and they think this is going to help. Whether it's ISIS, whether it's race relations, I I mean, we haven't seen our flags at full mast for weeks now Mm -hmm. with all the different issues going on in this world, and I'm I'm just, I'm absolutely sick to my stomach. um I went to the golf course uh, the other day, and I saw the flags of hell. I, saw, I, I was thinking, like, who died? I was thinking, who important died? Right. Because, uh, you know, they put them at half mass. Right. And it was for the the uh, situation in Dallas. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. And then, I, you know, everywhere I go, there's flags all over this place. Right. And they're at half mass. I'm like, who died? Yeah. Well, we just picked up another week of half mast because of what mm-hmm. happened uh, yesterday in Baton Rouge. Yeah. And Baton Rouge? Yeah. Again, once again, it's, it's people have decided that all cops are bad and people need to die. And well, here's what I, um, with the um, Baton Rouge, or I think also with the Dallas, when these people say, I am acting alone, this has nothing to do with anything, just how I feel. Because I think the Dallas guy said, uh, he just lost his mind. He was frustrated with what's going on. He's looking for something to blame. Right. But don't put, don't add it into the uh, what's going on. I'm acting alone. Right. But he might be acting alone, but he's acting according to what's going on. So take that too for what it's worth. He's an idiot, and the guy in Baton Rouge is an idiot. If you go just go and get out and start popping people. Um, like right. I said, I think I said on the show probably when we first started talking about this, when it was when they were talking about marching, I said, I'm not marching, thing at all about picking up a sign. Mm-hmm. I said, guys in my neighborhood 10, 15 years ago said, for an eye for an eye. 
they were talking about that 15 years ago, but never did anything. But now it's escalated to the problem where these idiots are taking matters in their own hand, or they just saying enough is enough. Uh, after all, and you know me how I'm a conspiratory. Because I think all oh, this is done for a reason. We, we got something bigger coming on that neither the people have to do with it, but the people are using pawns to set it up. I think some governmental stuff is coming down the road. And this is just me speculating because it can't be like this. People are people. We we can walk in, us three can walk in from different places, can walk in a bar and get along with anybody in that bar. But those are people who go to bars. Those people who know other people going to be there and there shouldn't be an issue. We You can go into a bar and argue and walk out with a bar and say, I just had a good conversation with a guy I don't even know. It was an argument. We bought each other drinks and that was that. But when you put it at the mass of a situation, like the world, people seem to read a publication or hear one, or, or you listen to this show, this station, I listen to this other station, and we conflict with each other when they're telling us, you should believe this, or I should believe that, this thing over here, kind of like our politician and religion. All I think all that stuff do is for to vibe us, because if you're talking about a Republican and Democrat, shouldn't they be want they want to be, for example, president? They should want to be a president to fix the whole country, not just to certain people. So we got to choose. Well, I didn't vote for this president because I'm a Republican. Uh, I didn't vote for this guy because I'm a Democrat. So I don't care what he does. Now the country's bad. Now we all got a line that we you better not cross. And now we're crazy. But my being a conspiratory that. I think it's a bigger picture coming down the road, and we're using the people as pawns to do it. And we see this mass killers, and we call it from one situation to another or another from another. But it's, it's for a bigger plan. That's just my being conspiratory. Hmm. I guess that's long possible. Long story longer. I guess I, that's I just, all possible. I, just, I said, it can't be. I said, this can't be about something that happened uh, 100 years ago. But but when you see when you look back a hundred years and something's still happening, well here's what I said. You wanna fix the problem? You don't fix the problem with uh me chilling my neighbor, me chilling going to the studio, uh chilling somebody who don't look like me or don't talk like me. That's what the conversation's for. Figure out where we differ or where we are like. That's how friends become friends. That's how little kids become friends. I like this toy, you like this toy. We fight because both of us want it, but then we figure out we like the same thing. We got something in common now. But you, you can't you can't go into a place and say, well, I don't like this person because he or she is different. But that's when you start using, uh, and here's how you fix that problem. Money is your power. Well, you, don't want, you want to have some power? Then don't, on Christmas time, spend three or $1.3 billion on Christmas, and right before Christmas, and then after Christmas, then $300, $400 million on uh, late Christmas stuff. That's when you got power, and the store shut down, and they start doing what you wanted to do. Because you got that such a big problem about it. Don't spend that much money. You spend that much money every year on Christmas gifts. It's just Christmas. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, we've become a terribly uh, materialistic society, but... Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, though, here on Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk, Demi Lachey, Kurt Feldkeller here, young Kwame on the line. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Deflate Gate and a little get back about how 
uh, Dwayne Wade, who Demery's paying homage to this morning. Got to. <laughs> and Stay strong, baby. How he has been uh, left out in the dust. So we'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Here's that other shit that y'all ain't discovered yet Yes, I'm running it Like the government Hint, hint Eric B. nominated me for president And my pockets is holding treasury Every cent These styles is unknown True black wear clock Kent goes when Superman steps out the phone booth Up up in the Hey, welcome back, welcome back in The Kwame Lasso Sports Talk Show 888-346-9144 On this beautiful Monday Just hopped out the break Demi Lachey here in studio Captain Kurt Felt Keller And also Mr. Young What you call him, Young? Young Lasso? Young, Young Kwame? Kwame Lasseter. Young Kwame Young. on the line with us. I can say that to just about anybody. We've got to be careful with the term young. Why? That's my stage name. Hey, it, it's... it's but is, yeah, exactly. You know, as I was listening to this song coming in, another thing I watched uh, last night, because I couldn't sleep, straight out of Compton, I ah. saw the movie for the first time last night. What did you think about it? I thought it was awesome. I thought it was awesome. I think uh, everybody says that I haven't seen it. Oh man, wow. it, it was! I'll tell you, I it, have it on TV. It, um, it you just you saw a lot of things about some of the rappers that we know today that, and how they came up and how tough it was, and just it's it's a whole clandestine little um, operation going on in the early on rap world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was ugly, brutal. It was brutal, yeah. exactly. It was ugly. It was it was the streets. It was taking violence in the streets and making a business out of it. Oh, making they're doing it. that now. I, I, I had this conversation last night, Kurt. Yeah, yeah. But they said it was so good because you know the story. Because we, we all of age where, well, we know the story. Yeah. We know the story. And it's a, I heard O'Shea Jackson did a great job as Ice Cube. But we know the story of NWA and how it started. Right. And they nailed it to the T. Yeah. 
you know, and, and just you watch you watch how um, Easy and uh, Suge Knight and the rest of them interacted and things. It was just a, it was it was a very interesting. Uh, I I almost took it as a documentary. And uh, it was, because, yeah. the, um, it was fina- I've seen phenomenal. I think movies, documentaries, was pretty good. Movies like that. Yeah, yeah, it was good though. Yeah, very good. So, so you uh, you were a little surprised that Phil shoots a sixty-five and loses yesterday. I am because Phil has always been a grinder, and when you grind the way he does, and okay, you see, damn, one of my Phil's not in the mix in his major. And you got three other majors plus the, uh, the fifth major that we, what we, well, we want to call it the fifth majors and the player championship. But when he's grinding like that, you can, if you know Phil and you watch golf uh, for the past 20 years, Phil is, um, his grinding means he's going to win a major. It's not that he's going to win the next tournament. It's a, a regular tournament. He grinds for majors, uh, but he don't say it like Tiger Woods and say, well, I only play for majors. Phil goes out and try to win, but he sets himself up to win. Uh, I'm not saying the, the old other guys don't do that, but it just it looks seem it's so obvious with Phil when he's in the final group. You actually think it's over. Phil gonna win it. He's not in the final group because he had one good round. He's in the final group because he's he's postured himself to to uh, win on the fourth day, and that's what I. And for him to shoot 65, he was in his mode. He was in his head of game face on. But it was it, it hurts to see a sixty five and you lose a tournament. But when you are here in Stinkton fan, it, it, it takes his sting off that hurt because both of those are great guys. At the end of the day, when you see them out there doing what they do and they're still living, but you like them as people, you know, they're good guys. You, it, it it's hurt to see one of them losing. Well, I was just expecting better conditions or more true. British Open conditions, and that's why I just said it's a Fries dot com open. <laughs> I mean, it was it was just it was so benign. It was so the course was so soft, no wind, the chill was not there, um, but too great. I mean, it was nice to see two guys really compete all the way down without falling apart. Yeah. With Phil shooting a sixty five, still coming in second, that's. That's tough to bite on, man. I mean, he he played, like you say, he's been rolling all season. He, he's been doing his thing all all year, and literally to still fall short. My thing is with Phil Mickelson. I just since 2013. Of that's his sixth runner up <laughs> since 2013. And that's the point where I want to yeah. get to. I want to talk yeah, about it. Is how many more second places or runner ups can this guy really? face and go through. I mean, he's even second of all time. <laughs> second place. Jack Nicholas, yeah, he, he surpassed Jack Nicholas. No, no, no. He's second to Jack. We know he's second. All right. He's, he's just number two. That's why I call him Mr. Second Place now. He's officially <laughs> Mr. Second Place of second place. It gets no it gets no better than that. If you're not first, you're last. Well, Phil Mickelson took grew up in just the wrong era. If there wasn't Tiger Woods during Phil's heyday, Phil would have won yeah. another 30 golf tournaments. Maybe he would have won. <laughs> no, he yeah, would have. Then he would have won. Because you dominant in that era that Tiger Woods is in. Yeah. Tiger Woods is the guy. Now, Phil would have won. Now, if you look at all the second places that Jack Nicklaus come in, yeah. you, you wouldn't be talking about 
Tiger going to catch him or, or is Tiger coming back to catch him. He would have had about 25 of uh, championships, major championships. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's how many second places he came in. Mm-hmm. Um, now, those are golf tournaments. Not the, not a lot of those are majors, but still, you talking about 20 to 25 majors? Well, he had he had 17 second places in majors. 17 yeah. in his career. Give him eight more. Give him eight more. Give him half of those. Yeah. Seven to eight of those. Give him, give him that. Yeah. No, he was always and there. It's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so uh, one other thing that I think has finally come to an end, thank goodness, Deflate Gate. Woo! I got into this yesterday on the golf course with somebody. You got into it? Yeah. This guy kept telling me, you know, it's just wrong that this injustice can happen. And I said, this has never been about justice. This has been about, did Roger Goodell go outside of what was negotiated as his power? That was the issue. Wasn't, whether it was fair or not, had nothing to do with this case. Right. Because clearly it was not fair. Clearly it was a very capricious act to try to take out one individual and one team. But Roger Goodell never acted outside of his negotiated powers that the NFLPA gave up. Right. And that's what that's what's been ruled on. Not that it's fair or not. And this guy just goes, You're simply wrong. There's just no way. I said I said, You need to read a little bit more. He was a Patriots fan. Yeah. He was a big time Patriots yeah, fan. Yeah, I see why and, you got but, rambled up on the court. But he just he just would not he he wouldn't listen to what I said. I I agree with you. It was unfair, but that was not ever the issue. And but you hear a lot of people commentating on it, and well, they'll say, well, you know, this is completely off the rails as far as the right punishment or not. It's never been about that. It's been did he go outside of what was his negotiated rights? No, no, he didn't. The, that's unfortunately. What was negotiated is that Roger Goodell can wield whatever sword he wants and levy whatever penalty he wants, period. There is no objectivity. Now, of course, that would be stupid business to continue doing that. And I'm not sure Roger Goodell will ever learn that, but I know that many others within the NFL uh, office understand how bad this looks and that they have to do things a little bit more uh, fair and not let uh, the henchmen of Roger Goodell run rampant. Well, with the Flategate supposedly ending, and the comments you made on Brady's standpoint now, how do you feel about where Brady's come from? you think it's some sign of guilt? Is it officially... No. He wasn't going to win. He knew he wasn't going to win. And I said this, this I said this way back when, because mm-hmm. he, was tr- he was fighting fairness or not fair. And then he got the uh, Ninth Circuit Court uh, judge to agree with him, saying it wasn't fair. But that was never the issue. And when, when the NFL decided to, to uh, appeal the ruling, I knew that the NFL was always going to win this because the issue was never about fair or not. It was, did Roger Goodell go outside of his, his negotiated powers? Mm-hmm. And no, he never he did. No. Because he's got no limits. He's literally got no limits. He is judge, jury, and executioner as it's been negotiated. <laughs> so that has me all you fired got, up. You got to redefine print sometime, I guess. You got to well, redefine print. Yeah, well, 
the NFLPA gave Roger Goodell plenty of power in the last CBA. Yep. So, and, and when you speak on Tom Brady and his legacy or, or why he was fighting, Tom Brady, I think it was put up to it because Tom Brady is the face of the National Football League. If he could beat the NFL... 345 Park Avenue. If he could beat those guys, then a lot of guys still have the chance. But the end of the, I thought that I thought the PA um, kind of put him out there and then backed away, say go get him. You should be able to win because you're Tom Brady. Roger Goodell wasn't fighting Tom Brady on the fake gate. They was fighting like this is the power. This is where I stand as far as judge, jury, and executioner because they gave me this power. I'm not fighting you because the fake gate. You um and, and everything you got away, they've been punished for it. People. Who don't like the New England Patriots? Who don't? Who don't like Tom Brady? Said they should been put, or Bill Belichick? Oh, they should have been punished more. Uh, when they were Spygate, it was five hundred million dollars. That wasn't enough, which was plenty, if you ask me. Uh, and they owned up to it. And whatever else they got in trouble about. But you feel like, well, they only win the Super Bowls because they cheat. I think everybody in the NFL cheats. I think these guys, uh, they only get caught because a coach or a player goes to another team and and be a snitch, which I disagree with 100%. You right there, you feel some type of moral thing about it. You say it right there when you know about it. Oh, you go to the coach and say, I'm not comfortable with this. I ask them to trade you, whatever. I mean, it sounds easy than done, but it's not because these guys' livelihood and how they get depicted around the league. Well, Roger Goodell, whom I met, uh, again, you know, we talk on the show about people, and then we meet them like, wow, this is a good guy. When I was in New York last week, I met him again, sitting in our meetings uh, and, and actually talking to her how we talk in our studio. But it wasn't about that, as Kirk mentioned. And these, these people from the outside looking in, like at the bar that Kirk was at or talking to a guy on the golf course, <laughs> you don't like what's going on because you think it, you may be a Tom Brady fan or you think Roger Dale has too much power. Well, that power was given to him, so he has to show you that everything that I'm doing is upheld, is within the, within the law, of my power. I'm not trying to go after you because I'm right there. And you've been put in front of me because you're Tom Brady. So all this shift can change with the players in the NFL. Yeah. That, that's my opinion to it. Yep. It's crazy. But that's what that's it's why crazy. fans are fanatics. Promise, but they're going to show that Tom Brady afforded to the end. If you're a Tom Brady fan, you say, I like how he was fighting. His legacy won't be tarnished because the deflate gate or spy gate. Whatever you think about Tom Brady, because I still think he's one of the best quarterbacks ever played the game. I'm not a Patriots fan at all. Nowhere near it. Yeah. He's going to get smashed the first game of the season, and I hope he can play in it. But you, I'm, I know this guy's good. You don't become you know, a six-round draft pick out of Michigan and has done everything he's done in the National Football League. You don't be, you're not just average. You're good. You understand the game. You put people around you. you got a coaching system. You, you came to the right system at the right time. Yeah, he, absolutely. He's for a reason. Hmm. Yeah. Well, th- thankfully we can get on to football, but um, this is another big, big time opportunity for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. If he does well, I think he becomes yeah, trade. This is the official opportunity for Garoppolo. Even though we thought it was going to happen last year, the first four games, but now we can officially say. Here we go. It's, yeah. it's Garoppolo's time. His clock is now on. You know, the clock is ticking now. So we what will do you think, see. What do you think the record will be in those four games? I got to check out. I, honestly, I don't know Jordan their two. first four games off the top of my head, but I do know they're going to take a big loss in Arizona. Yeah. 
and I think that they take a loss if you regardless. If Tom Brady was playing, they still would have lost. Yeah, I didn't say that. Calm down. Calm down. I thought you said Calm down, loss. alumni. This is what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they're going to take – it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be a huge loss. It's going to be pretty dominant of the Cardinals. Now, if the game was New England in New England, I think the Cardinals still would win, even with Garoppolo. If Brady was in Arizona, it would be a, it'll be a close game. It will be a very close game. Kurt, I think Arizona would still pull it off. Kurt, here's their first four games. The Cardinals, they're they in Arizona, and then they're at home against the Miami Dolphins, which is going to be a tough one. Uh, they're at home against the – or they go to go to uh, – no, they're at home against Miami Dolphins and the Texans. Two tough games at home, but mm-hmm. they're you know, the Patriots at home. Then they got to go to Buffalo. That's their first four games. No, they got, I'm sorry, they at, on the way, first game against the Cardinals, and three games at home, Dolphins, Texans, Buffalo Bills. I think they'll go two and, and two. And then they get a break in Cleveland. I'll, go, I'll say two and two, and that's when Brady returns in Cleveland. What do you well, think, yeah, Kwame? Well, you can quarterback that game in Cleveland. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Come on, man. Everybody's professionals. I think they. I think they'll go two and two. I'm gonna say they go one and three. Okay. Who they lose? One and three. Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna get them the benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna say two and two because they are the Patriots. But you know what? I, I, I'm gonna be a hypocrite too because those other teams are not playing ghosts. You playing the team that's in front of you right now. Right. So those, those are I'm some good teams. I think they're gonna beat know, Miami. And that's it. Yeah. Just because I don't think Miami's defense that's set. Although they got Sue in the middle. but Miami's good. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. But yeah. I think they will beat Miami at home. But I think they're going to lose to everybody else. So I, I say Tom Brady comes back to Cleveland. Think, yeah. And they'll be one and three. I don't think that'll stop think them they from may, making the yeah. playoffs. But. They may get Houston, depending on how Osweiler comes out. I think Osweiler and Garoppolo... Osweiler has an edge over Garoppolo, a seven-game edge. That defense will be unbelievable. Miami is a team yeah. that made them change everything to be great. And they took all the Miami players and get them over there because they had problems with them. Miami is a team that started the, uh, the uh, what's the offense with the uh, running back? Wildcat. Wildcat. Yeah. Yep. The team that started the Wildcat and destroyed the, um, the Patriots. So the Patriots know that Miami is a mental thing with those guys. That can be, they can beat them nine out of ten times, but it'll be one of their toughest games. No, that's going to be very interesting how that fills out. And we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to go back to basketball because Demery's got some pretty strong opinions about what's going on in Miami. So we'll, uh, we'll listen to those when we come back. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Back in Carmen Lasseter Sports Talk Show, jumping in this last segment. Demi Lachey, Kurt Felkeller, Carmen Lasseter here on the lines as well. Going into this last segment, we was just talking off the air. You know how we have our best shows off the show, allegedly. Um, we were talking about who, what team has even gotten better in the AFC East to compete? Because Kwame was just saying, oh, New England's about to go twelve and four. And when Brady returns, after he returns, he's still going to go 12-4. They're still going to win their division. I'm like, you're right, because no team got better over this offseason. The only team I can see competitive is another season under the top bowls and the New York Jets. I like what they had going, but they still ain't signed a quarterback. He mentioned Geno. I'm like, they would not be talking about Fitzpatrick coming back if Geno was the go-to guy, was, okay, he's ready. There would be no argument. I heard that, but what about uh, Buffalo? What about Buffalo? I like, I mean, LaShawn McCoy, they keep him healthy. Who knows? Sammy Watkins is coming off a foot surgery. I don't know. Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor in his first start, uh, career start, uh, well, as the head of the team, didn't play bad. He didn't play uh, bad, but go ahead. They got to show up some things, obviously, mm-hmm. but I see Buffalo as a split and one and one with those guys. They, because yeah. Rick Swann get in the way and, uh, and be the reason why they lose that game. But Rex Ryan getting away and be the reason why they won that game too. Well, they got a new defensive so coordinator too. Well, well, he hired <laughs> he fired Carl Dunbar, the guy who he coached uh, here in Arizona, who's been coaching for a long time after he got done playing with, with that forty six package or that Buddy Ryan defense or Rex Ryan defense, and then he hired his son. But when you have a reason to fire a guy, because you look at that defense, you wonder why they're running the ball on. Him. Well, they think no one should run the ball on them ever. So they might have been like 10th or 12th in the National Football League as far as stopping the run when they feel like they should be in the top three. So Carl Dunbar gets fired and uh, Rob Ryan comes in out of New, New Orleans. Like, he did a spectacular job. He didn't do that great of a job in New Orleans. It might be his personnel. Well, you shouldn't have a 1,000 plays going into a game um, just because you know a 1,000 plays. You take a certain package in the game and you run with that according to the team and what they've done in, in previous games. You you you. you Defend against tendencies. Hey, Kwame, I'm going to ask you something that I know is going to be tough for you because you actually like these guys. Are the Ryan boys really any good? They're not a tough question, uh, <laughs> but they are good. I think they get in their own way, though. They are real good. I would, I would love to play for them. Like I love to play for the dad. Like I said, the dad was my favorite coach, uh, my best coach when I came here because of, because of the reasons of uh, no nonsense. Uh, you here to do a job. Do your job. You don't get fired. Do your job. You get a raise. Um, do your job. We win. 
but their dad didn't have um, an offensive mind. He thought defensively, they don't score, they don't win. We could score on defense. And we was all predicated on scoring on defense. If you look back at uh, right. a lot of our defense, we scored every game on defense, or we kept teams from scoring, getting in the end zone. So if you keep teams under 15 points, we feel like we should win those games just because of what the defense does. Um, but I think, to answer your question, I think they are uh, good coaches, but I think they get they get in the way of, uh, and, they, and they've learned how to hire offensive-minded people and stay out of their way. Don't come back with them. You should have two head coaches, a defensive head coach and an offensive head coach, and let those guys do their job. And when you come together in meetings, you know, the players should see two guys when you come to meetings, you guys should talk like you know I'm the head coach right here. Let's get this done. And as long as there's no animosity, they can start winning. But, you know, long story longer is, yeah, they are a good coach. I, I, I believe in what they've done. I can see uh, the defense when they play and understand where guys are supposed to be, even today, about how they run their defense. But then I look on the other side of the offense and say, why do you need to go to the draft? As Jimmy was saying, you can even get better in the draft for offensively. You, you can put anybody in that defense because what you talk about your mentality changed. You can be an average guy and get in that defense and be successful because of the communication that goes on leading up to uh, camp, preseason games, and regular season games. You feel like you're the best guy on that team. And you're just playing an intricate part to that team. But you feel like this don't run without me. Well, I certainly, I'm, I'm not impressed with Rex Ryan at all. I, he, I don't feel like he did a whole lot in New York. Isn't doing anything in Buffalo, right? And I think he actually he weakened his staff by bringing his brother on. I I don't believe that was a smart move. I think that was, um, you know, that was Buddy Ryan's. That was Buddy Ryan's fault. He had his whole family and his whole family friends as our coaching staff. Yeah, and, I, and if it if it works, you think okay, they're amongst family. They know how this works. But when it don't work, it's like you got too many family members. The one thing I didn't like was. Uh, he hired his son. We had we had a guy on our team who was also the lineman, and um, his son was his agent. So the guy, being average at best, got a big contract because his son was his agent. Now that's what I didn't like. That had nothing to do with football. Yeah, that had nothing to do with the X's and O's. But that was the problem for me. It's going to be an inter- interesting season. You know, the game with Indianapolis and Green Bay is right around the corner. I can't Camps wait. Camps are opening up next week. Yes, they are. Next week. Woohoo! This is awesome. <laughs> Football is right around the corner. This is awesome. Football it's is here. always right around the corner. Well, that's true. It it but it's been hard the last couple of weeks. Yeah. It's been hard it in has. sports. It has. I, I, it's, I, been, it's been two weeks and you didn't have any major sport go off. I know, it's yeah, killing that's how, me. That's how much we love. You know we got that little day period of, of no sports and it's like well, I guess we'll go golf in 115. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. That, now, I, I've never proclaimed to be really bright. You know, never, never proclaimed that. So, so, so uh, Johnny Manziel has decided that the best way to get a job is I can demonstrate I can club sober. That's that's what he's he's tweeting out. That's what sending he's videos out about him clubbing. "Quote unquote sober." Good idea or bad idea? You trying? You doing too much? I, I don't. I don't like the idea that you have to even do that. We know you're an idiot. If you just stay off the scene for a while, then we'll see. Well, gentlemen, they haven't been in trouble, and that would be the conversation as opposed to 
oh, he's out in the club, he's not drinking. Well, when you go home and you get in that car, you're going to go back to work. You're going to go back to do what you do. That's what we think. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but because of your history, your track record, yeah, you don't drink. If you don't, if you don't drink, just say you don't drink, or you don't have to be out and saying, oh, I'm not drinking. Look, y'all, I'm not drinking. Yeah, because you already drank before. Uh, what you say? Because you already drank before. And like you say, right, you can always go before, drink after. I mean, but I don't know, uh, Jimmy, if he, because uh, that's what I was thinking too. Well, if you drink before and you're a drinker, you're not going to go out there and not drink. You're right. not, you in your atmosphere. You're going to get back in there and say, well, give me another one. What he doesn't... I, I, just, I can have one more. Drinkers always say, I can have one more. I'll be fine. What he doesn't understand is that it isn't necessarily the drinking that's gotten him into trouble. It's the behavior surrounding what he does, and he continues to put himself at a disadvantage by by shooting these pictures and videos mm-hmm. in clubs and stuff. It's just showing he's not matured. If he wants to be smart and he truly wants to get a job back in the NFL, which, of course, he isn't talented enough to get, but, yes, one man's opinion, mm-hmm. but... He needs to be showing videos of him working out, of him throwing, of him busting his butt with a trainer and other uh, other athletes. That's what he needs to be promoting, not his ability to go to a club and make it rain. That's that's his best check coming in right just, now. Just go to club rain and make yeah. and you don't have to make it rain. It rains right. anyway. But that's another guy. That is another guy there that we talked about. We just we talked about bad. Well, I think he brought upon himself. Because when I met Johnny Manziel in uh, Denver at this camp, I'm like, God damn it, you, why are you an idiot? you actually a good guy. Why are you an idiot? But you know what? He was around kids, so he had to be on his best behavior. Uh, yeah. And then he was being paid to be there. So it was just, it was, it's just crazy how these guys, it, it, there's so many guys that can play this game that not, that's not in your situation. You have a situation that wrapped up, and you messing it off. You, you, you blowing it. Yeah. That's what, that's what frustrates me about Hey, Johnny Manziel, he's talented enough to play. He's just blowing it. Not quarterback, like Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow can be still playing right now. We'll still be talking about him on Sundays. But he won't move to H. He won't right. move to H backer and then play a little quarterback from here to there. You know how I many offenses I can run with Tim Tebow in that offense, just flexed out wide like Shannon Sharp was? Yeah. Uh, because you were tight. And who's going to cover you? Well, who's going to consistently cover you? These guys continue to not understand the character is shown when there's no one around. And when we continue to see these guys in their little publicity stunts where they're trying to be good people while they're out in public and stuff, I am sure that everybody that he bought a drink for in Vegas thinks he's a great guy, too. I'm pretty sure. But I just think I just don't think he's got any talent. And and uh, and, and I know Frank Sanders goes crazy about this every time I say it, but he just is not talented enough to play in the NFL, period. I, I Gentlemen, yeah, there's just no no. He's, he's not just, talented mentally. Well, no, I don't even think he's talented physically. The and guy's five foot eleven, how much and he's, of a and he's about one hundred and eighty pounds. He's well, that's what college is for. These guys don't know college is semi pro, but when they find out I can make money by going pro, they come out too early. A lot of some guys come out too early. I don't know the percentage of it, but we've seen more than enough come out right. where we think, oh man, one more year of college, you would have been the guy. But one, year, one more year of college, and, for example, Damian Anderson. If he came out of school his junior year, Damian Anderson would have been the first or second round. Yeah. He was a Heisman candidate. Yep. He comes out because he wants to stay with some friends. Well, I can take better care of my friends with money in my pocket, not with uh, reading a book, <laughs> Kurt. 
Well, I just tell my friends. Um, <laughs> I just tell my friends, you're not getting my money anyway, so. You know. Right. Well, well, I'm saying he had he stayed in college for you know some camaraderie yeah. and end up not getting drafted. Right. But because of then you put yourself in a chance for injury. Right. If, if somebody tell you me my son can come out right now and he's going to be no later than a first or second round pick, well, he's coming out. You know, yeah, he's coming out because now it's your job as a parent to make sure he gets a degree. Make sure you got somebody in your life. Who wants you to have a degree? Right. Who don't want you? Who wants you to be okay? That was a goal of yours and a dream of yours. They want you to have it. But there's some people that say, "Oh, yeah, you don't need a degree. You doing what you're doing now is all right. But what you're doing right now that's all right. Don't catch up to you later, and you're gonna need that. Just to even have a conversation. Right. But, gentlemen, but Damon Heisman candidate, uh, probably top three guy. Then he goes back to school. I'm like, are you crazy? Yeah, he's coming out right now when it's hot. Well, and college is there to prepare us to go to work. That's what exactly. that's what we go to college for. And if you have the opportunity college to go to work camp. and make a great living, but or somebody else, go do it. But I, I'm I'm completely with you, Kwame, and I just don't think that we see enough good good mentoring around some of these great athletes that, mm-hmm. hey, make sure that you're going back and take a, take a couple online classes. Get your degree. You've got to get your degree. Yeah. That says everything. I saw that with uh, Stedman Bailey, you know, the receiver yeah. for the Rams who had the gun, gun got uh, shot last year, and now he's enrolled back in the classes at West Virginia. Now he's a student assistant coach, a receiver's coach now back at West Virginia. So I thought – Hey, that's amazing. That's a great, amazing story yeah. for Stedman Bailey to still uh, be around the game of football and also get that edu- education done. That's so true. I, I read about that over the weekend, so I was like, oh, wow, that's that's great. Because I knew his time in the NFL was, was coming to an end for sure. The, the gun wounds that he, right. that, that he received, yeah. it wasn't no Chris Johnson type of gun mm. wound. These were fatal. Mm. Yeah. Fatal gun wounds. <coughs> wow. So we're coming to the end of our time together today on a beautiful Monday. We started it off. I brought in jerky, homemade jerky for the boys. It's the best. But, uh, you know, Kwame decided he didn't want to partake. And, I, you know, we all have that option, and that's fine. Yeah, me, um, I like options. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I like options. Well, I'm gonna. I'm, I, believe me, I'm going to start doing a little uh, fruit dehydration here next. Uh, that's my next... Uh, big campaign so not just going to do jerky i'm going to do some apricots some apples peaches stuff like that yeah you just boy sitting in that mark huh <laughs> no hey, hey i'm gonna go catch some pokemon i'm oh jeez we <laughs> that's a whole another story here we can talk about that tomorrow when you join us on tuesday and uh taco tuesday tomorrow but Making money Monday is still still thriving there. Kwame yeah, Lasseter, Demery Lachey, Kurt Feldkeller here for Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. We out. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.